Welcome to the new and improved Your American Heritage, baby. Now with more mega. My name is Ed Bondarenka. My pronouns are thee and thou and I am. Not your normal fluffy insurrectionist. And producing the show and the guy that answers your calls is the hardest working man in radio, Derek Stone. Derek hosts Stone Cold Sports Sundays at noon 30. Right after my friend Sean Todd on the intersection at noon. You should listen then because it's... Not your normal fluffy Christian show. This show is available by podcast. Share it with your friends. Find it on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, or go to the whamradio.com page and look for the podcast tab there. It's day 619 of the coup. The theft of the American government by enemies both foreign and domestic. Our federal government has been stolen by the illegal actions of leftist politicians and have no regard for you or yours, only them and theirs. Speaking of pronouns, we have been the victims of a vast criminal enterprise. There's a movie and a play called An Ideal Husband. And the plot is that this incredibly moral and upright and decent Victorian politician has a touch of scandal in his past. And this woman's gonna blackmail him in order to get him to support a certain project that would bring money to her investors. So he once was associated with a similar plan. And uh, so she's holding that over him. It, basically, he had been somehow involved and he didn't really do it, but uh, there was that. But imagine that, a politician brought down by scandal involving personal gain from holding office. How quaint. You could never set that play in modern times. And where is the outrage? Where is the outcry? Are the people insensitive to the politicians who make decisions based on their investments in or payments from communist China? And then they have the gall to call us fascists and domestic terrorists, you know? It's like, um, well, let's see, here's here's Biden. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. Right, or... War. We must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. We're going to be getting into this a bit. Um, the threat, the threat from the left to the average American who voted for a conservative value. But you gotta remember, this is spiritual warfare, good versus evil. Now, as many of our guests have rightly pointed out, our founders were Christians and our government was founded on Christian morality and principles. And Christianity is the source of good in this world, all right? Because it's, its source is Jesus Christ. And the evil ones seek to destroy Christianity and this nation because we are the salt, we are the light, we are what holds them at bay, and we are at war. Psalm 144 says, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. 
Once again, please clasp those hands. Please lock those fingers together. Please join me, bow your heads, and let's pray. Let's go to war. Father, please protect our nation. Please be a help to us. And please, please awaken the American citizenry to the present danger. Please restore righteousness to the governance of our nation and our state. Please raise up, raise up godly men and women to take positions in government. And please lead and guide the American people in the days to come to choose these people. Amen. Now, we all remember the guy who shot not just Steve Scalise, but any Republican he could on that ball field a few years ago. We remember the wacko neighbor that busted up Rand Paul's face. We remember that New Mexico Republican Mark Ronchetti's home window was shot out recently and two of Texas Governor Abbott's aides were assaulted. I just read about the San Francisco Police Department's arrested a suspect on hate crime charges for allegedly attacking the organizer of a pro-Trump free speech rally over the weekend. And then we all remember Kayla Rellingson run over by that uh, wacko leftist who murdered him because he was an extreme Trump supporter. Then 84-year-old Joan Jacobson was shot while going door to door over Prop 3. My guest today is a warrior. Dave Coleman is a senior partner of Coleman Legal Group, one of the founders of Salt and Light Global and the Great Lakes Justice Center. And so I want to say the David Coleman Report is on. Hi, Dave. Good afternoon. Oops. Good afternoon, Ed. Good to be with you. We are going to have to figure out this Skype thing because I put on one of my best shirts, you know, for this interview. And <laughs> then uh, now it's not even video. I could be doing it in my underwear. Oh, there's Derek, but he knows how it goes. So I was uh, reading the Epic Times a couple days ago, and your name popped up in the report. I was reading about uh, about uh, uh, Joanne, uh, Joan Jacobson being shot, and I contacted you, and uh, you mentioned that you were going to be on Gruber the next day, and I asked you and her to come on the show. I guess she couldn't make it, so I'll have to settle. I'm sorry. Right. So I'm happy to have you on here. <laughs> well, you're, you're going to have to settle for me, uh, but Joanne is... Uh... Uh, a great person, uh, went through a pretty traumatic experience, and uh, we're just uh, pleased and proud to be able to represent her. Now, you said, Joanne, I've seen various news reports, and so I've seen Joan and I've seen Joanne, so I'm curious about that one. It's Joanne, well, I take it. Well, it's spelled like Joan. It's spelled J-O-A-N, but she pronounces it Joanne her family. Well, my so, sister was never like unique. that. At least she was Joan, you know, so wacko as she was. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, you're involved in this through, uh, uh, through common legal group, right? Well, at this point it's great lakes justice center. That's, uh, helping oh. her and representing her. Okay, great. Another great job by great lakes justice center or great lakes, jc.org. Did I get it right that time? Mm -hmm. You got it. <laughs> Great. Yeah, you can so, go to our website. Uh, we have our, uh, we put out a press release on Thursday regarding the case. Gives you a lot more information. And it's right there at the website. Also, we have our issue brief on the ballot proposal is out. And that's up at the website also. Excellent. Excellent work you guys do. And, of course, it doesn't come cheap. And we need people to support you guys financially because, I mean, you put time into it. You take time away from 
your busy uh, uh, legal firm, as does mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of your your coworkers there, and you donate this time, and yet it still costs money. And even though you're all wealthy attorneys, you know, oh no, wait, oh, you're yeah, not right. leftist attorneys. <laughs> you guys are conservative attorneys. Yeah, <laughs> so people can go there to to give. So that's right. And I have much appreciated. We're five hundred one c three, so it's deductible. Yep. Excellent. Now I have, in lieu of uh, Joanne uh, coming on the show, I have the audio of her from the Gruber interview. But I thought mm-hmm. I could either play that, or you could tell us what's going on. What do you prefer? Well, whichever way you want to go, it, it probably would be good for people to hear it in her own words. So that might All right. not be a bad this idea. This is from Steve Gruber. And your appearance on the Gruber show right after that, detailing this, because Gruber's a daily show and I'm a weekly show. That's how he gets the scoop of me all the time with you. But that's all right. (laughs) This is uh, uh, Joanne Jacobson on the Steve Gruber show from Thursday morning. Tell us the story. Yeah, no, I I went up to the door and, of course, told her why I was there. I was, you know, uh, going to uh, urge uh, the voters uh, to reject this proposal, to vote no on this. And immediately from the very beginning, she was very hostile, raised her voice, and was angry and yelling at me, and continued to yell during our whole conversation. I, I tried to talk to her, and she wouldn't listen, and eventually she just said, get off, get off of her property, which I complied. I got off the porch, started walking down the sidewalk, and I got maybe 10, 12 feet away from the house, and she's behind, she's behind me yelling at me. And I just have, because I happened to have turned around, and I saw that she was off the porch, she was on the sidewalk, but yelling at me. I continued to walk, and I was holding my clipboard. I told you to held my left arm up against my chest. I might have had my umbrella in my right arm, because it was raining that day. And I just kept walking, and... Um, I saw off to my right, out of the corner of my eye, there was a man, <clears throat> there was a barn on the property. I saw a man that was walking by the barn, but he, he wasn't coming towards me. He, he was going up towards their home. I just kept walking, and she just continued to yell. And another time I looked back at her, and she's still yelling at me. And then eventually, I don't know how far I got down the sidewalk, I realized that she was right up alongside of me. She was in the grass, maybe five feet away from me and she's on her cell phone. She's going to call the police. And I, a little bit after that, I, uh, I don't know why I looked up and, and turned and saw that there was a man standing by her. And what I saw was this man, probably the same man. I not, I assumed had a gun and it had a long barrel. And I no sooner got that in my conscience and I heard a shot and I felt pain and it was, it was intense pain in my back, and that's why the report was at first I thought he shot me in the back. But I was told at the hospital that it went over the top of my shoulder and exited out my back very close to my spine. And um, So let me you know, ask you this. Let, let, never... let me ask you this. I want to ask you this, Joe, because this is important. In, in the reports that I have seen, the man on a television news report said that you're being combative and waving your clipboard around and he tried to hit you with the gun to knock the clipboard away, no, but his finger just no, happened to be on the trigger. Close to me. And I, I, as, I said, as I said, I was holding the clipboard up against my chest in my left arm and holding, might have been holding an umbrella in my right. 
And never, no, I never did that. I didn't use that as a weapon at all. I wouldn't want to hurt anybody. I had how no far away, hurting anybody. How far away was he when he shot, do you believe? Well, it was pretty close range. It, it, it couldn't have been more than maybe five, six, seven feet, something like that. Right. But not, but not, you know, because uh, ballistics and investigation will show if you got stippling and so forth, it would show the gun was right up close, which would, would match his story. If that's not there, I'm going to think it's going to not match his story and it's going to support you now. So there we go. Enough of that. Um, a couple things when I read this story in Epic Times, I mean, his statement and other sources, I may be getting them confused now, but his statement was that uh, he came out and he first fired a warning shot into a tree. And then second, he was trying to knock her clipboard. This, How tall is Joanne? She's uh, just under five feet, maybe maybe just touching five feet. She's pretty short, weighs around 110, 120 pounds. Um Again, she's 84 years old. She's not hard. She's hardly a threat to anybody, and that honestly makes no sense to me. the The husband, Mr. Harvey, was in the barn, and he said he heard this commotion. Well, as my client says, she was screaming and yelling at him. So he comes out of the barn, and he brought the gun with him, this 22 rifle, and uh, came up on the the scene. He fired a warning shot. Now, that makes absolutely no sense to me. I mean, my client is no threat to anybody. She's complying with Mrs. Harvey's request to leave the property, and she's walking away. So her back would have been to this guy. So what in the world was the point of a warning shot? Uh, I don't buy that explanation at all. And uh, that's, But that's what he claimed. And then he got up by his wife and then said, uh, alleges that, my client was was going to assault his wife, I guess, with with the clipboard, and that somehow justified deadly, using deadly lethal force, <laughs> deadly force, and that it just kind of went off accidentally because he was using the gun to swipe away or or knock away the clipboard. Uh, that's I'm sorry, uh, that's just not believable. Um, but he was close to my client, and so at that point, but he shot her, and, and it looks like it came from the side. It came in over her shoulder um, and then exited three, four inches away, you know, out the out her back, the bullet exited, uh, just, at, just at the top of her back, just missed her spine, um, right at the base of her neck. So, so uh, that's, that's not uh, a shot that came, you know, comes from the front and goes right out, you know, the same way. It was at an angle. And, right. Uh, it sounds like he had the weapon shot. shouldered. How tall is Mr. Harvey? I don't know his height. Don't know. I haven't okay. seen any I police mean, reports yet, so I don't know. It sounds like a downward shot unless she was bent over for some reason. Did she have the safety on on her clipboard? The safety on? <laughs> well, it's a deadly weapon. I mean, did uh, she have the safety yeah, I, on? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it has to be an unusual clipboard, but maybe. I don't know. I'll have to ask her. <laughs> yeah. But it really so is I don't too mean bad. To be but, of course, this. now I mean, Mr. Harvey was charged weird. yesterday, and uh, he's been charged with a felony and two misdemeanors. Um, reckless discharge of a firearm was one of the misdemeanors, a felonious assault. And... Uh, 
he uh, was given a $10,000 bond. I hadn't heard, haven't heard whether or not he posted it or not. I'm assuming he did. And uh, that's, is- so now the criminal case will, will be ongoing. Obviously, the prosecutor handles that. We're not involved in the criminal case. But uh, we will be getting all the police reports and uh, other information that they have uh, next week. So we'll know more information at that point. You're looking for civil damages, I imagine. But going back to the charges against him, there was nothing about attempted murder or nothing along those lines. Well, not yet. Um, it's basically a felonious assault charge. Again, he claims it was an accident, an accidental shooting. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, know I, st- I haven't seen the reports. I haven't seen the information yet. Um, I so just the prosecutor read something. May be being cautious here. That's all. I just read something while I was waiting for my wife in a rest stop uh, on the way to visit her, her dad last Sunday and so I'm standing out there in the hallway and uh, there are the vending machines and there's this sign about accidents and it's pretty interesting and it said there is no such thing as an accident and because they're talking about cars in general there's carelessness mm-hmm. you know but the, an accident mm-hmm. basically sounds like act of God whereas a guy that comes out with his finger on the trigger of a weapon with mm-hmm. no no threat to him at all that's that's right. That's reckless and pointing it at for and sure. pointing it at somebody. Yeah, pointing it at somebody, and he's already fired a shot by his own admission, uh, which was is a crime in and of itself, as far as I'm concerned. And there, what what is the possible need for a, a warning shot for this little lady? You know, 84 years old, walking off their property and has her back to him. That makes absolutely be- no sense at all. Can he be charged for bullying? I mean, isn't that a hate crime these days, bullying? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't been yet. I, you know, again, the charges are up to the prosecutor. Okay, so now you guys are suing him in court, and how's that? How does that work? Well, we haven't filed anything in court where we don't have enough information at this point because we don't have the police reports and you know the crime lab reports and and other information that they have. So once we have all that, we'll be uh, assessing it and then deciding what the best course of action is at that point for our client. Sounds reasonable. It's nice to hear there's some reasonableness going on here, but given the, oh, the national, um, what's the word, atmosphere of Mm -hmm. people committing violent crimes and getting off with low bail, I mean, you know, I don't like to see anybody get hurt. There's, there's, well, that's not true. But for the most part, I don't like to see anybody get hurt. Yeah. But certainly, I can feel some some empathy for this guy, you know, being in this position. I mean, he shot someone. And maybe he really does regret it. But it was stupid. And he needs to pay for it. Because an example must be set. But we see, I mean, you shot an old lady. I'm sorry. That's not fair of me to say that. She's 84 years old. She probably has 50 years left. I mean, a woman who's going around walking, I assume this is farmland, and she's walking to draw, you know, to get signatures on. And let's be clear, it was Proposal 3 they were arguing about. It was the uh, the Let's, Let's Murder Babies Act that they're proposing. Is that right? Yes. She was going door to door. She had a list of people who voted absentee in the last election. So she was going 
to folks because absentee ballots are being sent out as we speak. So she wanted to get to people to try to talk with them. And she had actually been in around a dozen homes, maybe a little bit more, prior to arriving at the Harvey's home. So she was going there and just knocking politely on the door and telling people why she's there, giving them a brochure, a leaflet, you know, as to what some of the problems are with uh, Proposal 3. And then she'd move on to the next house. Um, That's all it was. But this lady was quite belligerent and quite uh, antagonistic from the get-go. And, you know, it's interesting, too, Right to Life of Michigan posted on their website uh, a litany of postings that the Harveys put up on their Facebook page, which are are very uh, vitriolic, very antagonistic towards Republicans, MAGA people, pro-life people, you name it. And, for example, they have some quotes on there where they're quoting other people about the importance of killing MAGA people and stuff like that. I mean, you know, they're quoting other people, but she's posting it, Mrs. Harvey, up on her Facebook page. So, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of investigation, a lot more information coming out and uh, to see whether or not this was just, like you say, a careless accident or whether or not it was intentional or not. But I, I okay. agree. I, I certainly feel- don't understand how a man uh, comes out with his rifle, sees somebody walking away who's not engaging with any with either him or his wife at that point, is simply walking away, and he has to fire a warning shot and then come up with a loaded gun with his finger on the trigger and then swipe at, you know, swing it at her. I, I, I'm sorry. I, that just is beyond the pale. And he needs I, to be I held feel- accountable. And, and charges are have been brought. So we'll see, we'll let the justice system play it play it out. I feel less empathetic towards him already. I mean, if they're posting stuff about killing MAGA supporters, I'm I'm really getting tired of this stuff. I feel personally threatened myself, uh, as I'm sure many do. I I'm kind of very concerned about you know people coming to my door. You know, I've, sure. It's, well, I remember you know, a guy my, coming uh, to my door my after a broadcast once, and he was a big guy. Fortunately, he was on our side. Yeah, she said one of the mistakes she made was going alone, that she should have had somebody else with her. And I think she plans on going out again here. She's recovering from the from her gunshot wounds right now, but she is planning on uh, reengaging and getting back out there, but is going to go with someone else the next time she goes out door to door. What a lioness. I mean, so these people did not offer to drive her or call help after, you know, no, that's accidentally thing. shooting you know, think of, Yeah, think about it, Ed. If you have a gun, and let's say you're out hunting with friends or something, and then you, you turn and you accidentally shoot somebody, would you just stand there and look at them and not say a word, not offer to help or do anything? No, you'd be running up the person. Oh, no, I can't believe it. You would be freaking out. You would be saying, I didn't mean to do it. I'm so sorry. It was an accident. Uh, lay down. Let me help you. We'll get you some help. We'll call 911, right? I mean, that would be the normal reaction of anybody. But no, she I was shot, so. and both Mr. and Mrs. Harvey just stood there and looked at her. And so my client was like, well, she was still able to walk and to move around, so she had a lot of pain, as you just heard her saying on that earlier interview. And uh, But she turned and thought to herself, well, I'm going to get out of here before I get shot again and got to her car and the police station was only two minutes away. So she drove straight there and then they got her help and got her to the hospital. 
Wow, good for her. We got one minute left. Uh, do you want to stay after and talk some more about this? And we'll see if anybody wants to call and chat with you about it at six eight. Yeah, oh sure. Goodness, seven three four eight two two sixteen hundred. Well, let's do that then, because I this I think is very important. I have a couple more questions. I hope I remember them after the break. So let's see what happens <laughs> there. I mean, I imagine this was a rural area, right? Yes, just outside Lake Odessa. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's meet up after the break. And uh, folks, tune in again. I'm with Dave Coleman, Gray Lakes Justice Center. We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. We were made to be courageous. We were warriors on the front lines, standing unafraid. Oh, thanks for returning to Your American Heritage, baby. I'm your host, Ed Bondarenka. Joining me is David Coleman of Great Lakes Justice Center, which is greatlakesjc.org. And you can join us if you'd like to call 734-822-1600. Get in on the conversation if you have any questions or opinions. Uh, Dave, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I'm just doing an audio check make sure you're still there. Oh, yeah. I'm glad oh, to be here. Good, good. Good. So, uh, let's see, there was something I wanted to mention. It's a rural area. So, I imagine, I remember growing up in a similar area that there was a drive. Did she park in their driveway or at the head of their driveway by the street? Yeah, she was parked out by the street, and they had a long driveway, and then I think about halfway or so, there was a sidewalk that started off the side, you know, went off the driveway up to their front porch. And so... um, she was on that sidewalk um, almost to the driveway, again, walking off their property to get back to her car. So if she was shot in the front and it went out her back, she must, I'm Perry, playing Perry Mason here, she must have turned, right? And uh, and I'm laughing at myself, not at the situation, but she must have turned. And yeah, why did she turn? Because the woman is still she, yelling at her? Yeah, the woman kept yelling at her and yelling at her, and she kind of turned and said, you know, like, stop yelling at me. <laughs> you know, she was trying to get her to stop, and that's when she saw the man, you know, the husband standing right next to her. And the hospital had indicated to my client that the shot came more from the side. It wasn't really from the front per se, but it, he was kind of in front of her but more off to the side. And then the shot came through, you know, the... Uh, top of her shoulder, the fleshy part. Fortunately, it didn't hit any vital uh, organs or any, you know, vessels or, you know, anything that was going to cause serious damage. She was very, very fortunate. But then it traveled along her, the top of her shoulder and her back and then exited, you know, a couple, three inches away out the the back, uh, about where the spine meets the neck area. So it just literally by a fraction, missed hitting her spine. Well, thank you, Lord Jesus, that that this woman, Joanne, did not 
experienced more damage than she did. And we asked for a speedy recovery for her. And uh, we asked that justice be done in this matter, that uh, that you would see that she gets any compensation due for her and uh, that uh, the Harveys would get what they have coming. It's not for me to judge. I'm not a judge, but that justice would be done in this case. You can't just go pulling out a gun and threatening somebody with it. With I mean, wow. Yeah. Yep. I have a Dick Cupkey call about now. You know, he never calls into this show. I keep urging him to. I call into his show enough, you know, about gun law. But uh, <laughs> like like I said, folks, 738-22-734-822-1600. If you want to comment and ask uh, Dave a question, if not, then we'll okay. move on to another topic. So, well, um, you know, and I think it's important, Ed, to not forget why my client was at the Harvey's door. You know, she was there to try to, you know, talk with people in a calm, silver, civil manner to urge them to vote no on this terrible proposal, uh, Proposal 3. Like I said, we put out an issue brief. Uh, Will Wagner came up with our title, The Perils of Proposal 3. And uh, it, it's yeah. it's a terrible, terrible amendment. Uh, the other side is flat out lying about it. I, I'll just be blunt. They are lying when they say all this is doing is reinstating Roe v. Wade. It's just putting Roe v. Wade back in place. That's a bald-faced lie. All you have to do is read the amendment. And at the end of our issue brief, we, we put the whole amendment so you can read the whole thing for yourself. And it does way more than just deal with abortion. And it does not limit abortion uh, to just the first trimester, which is essentially what Roe v. Wade did. This amendment, if it passes, will allow abortion at any point in time right up to the moment of birth. And some would argue even after birth uh, of certain things that could be done to a baby. Um, but it, it is the most extreme law. If it passes, we will have the most extreme law in, the, in literally the world, not just the United States, the world. I mean, we'd be right up there with China and North Korea on their abortion yeah. laws. But beyond that, there, this amendment uh, does not even limit, it's not limited to abortion. They create new rights called the right to reproductive freedom and the right to make your autonomous uh, decisions about reproductive freedom and, and self-identity and things like that. It, it is going to wreak havoc on our laws. There are dozens of laws on the books right now from parental consent to uh, even a parent being told that their child is pregnant and wants to have an abortion. And requirements like that will be gone. Um, requirements uh, regarding uh, notification to mothers uh, to give them information about the har possible harmful effects of an abortion. All kinds of laws that are in their clinics and, and regulations on health and safety and those sorts of things at abortion clinics. Those laws are all going to be gone. And uh, they, and this goes so far beyond, and it uses language, Ed, like this. It says, this new right to reproductive freedom includes, but is not limited to. Whenever, as an attorney, mm -hmm. I see that, but is not limited to, that means it could be anything, okay? And then they list things like prenatal care, child per care, contraception, sterilization. Ed, what do you think all these... Uh, um, uh, operations are, and the treatments are for kids who now think that their gender is different than their biological sex. That's sterilization. 
they castrate a boy because the boy thinks he's a girl or somebody's convinced him of that. And they castrate him. That's sterilization. And the same thing with girls. That's sterilization. That's what's going to be permitted under this amendment if it passes. It's outrageous. And people need to know the truth about this and get out there (laughs) and oppose this and let everybody know. Everybody has a circle of influence. You have family, friends, work, church, neighborhood. You need to be out there telling everybody you know and not be hesitant and, and to let people know. And you know, Ed, in this situation with Joanne, the, the woman at the door got angry right off the bat and started telling my client, I, you, you know, I'd be dead if you people had been in control. And my client said, what are you talking about? And she said, because I had a tubal pregnancy. You know, that's referred to as an ectopic pregnancy, where the pregnancy is in the fallopian tube. Well, that baby mm-hmm. will never yeah. be born alive. And, of course, the mother's life is, is in danger. The mother will die if that is not handled. So that is permitted under the law. It's permitted under the current existing abortion statute to prevent the loss of life of the mother, to save her life. And my client calmly told her that and said, well, you know, you would not have died if this law had been in place. Um, you would have been saved and you would have had the operation. You would have been fine. But she just kept yelling and wouldn't even listen. And my client tried to explain it to her, but she just would not listen. I mean, there's a large group of folks who abortion, you know, is, is there. Um, I, I don't know what you call it. It's like, it's a sacrament or something like you have to well, either agree with it totally, uh, or, you know, you're, uh, <laughs> you're, uh, anathema to them that, you know, there's no way that they'll even talk to you. The, those folks, you're not going to be able to convince, but there's a huge group in the middle that really don't zero in on this stuff, aren't paying attention. All they hear are the lies of the other side. Oh, it's just putting Roe v. Wade back in. They go, oh, okay, well, I guess I can live with that. And so they'll vote for it. They need to know that's not what this is doing. This is a dangerous, evil amendment, and it needs to be stopped. You're not far off the mark with the sacrament concept. I remember maybe a few weeks ago, I read about somebody on the left urging some woman talking about the actual altar that she had made to her abortion. It was like some, like you said, a sacrament. And there are people who actually think that crazy. And there's a there's a comedy routine that Bill Whittle was uh, referring to uh, where these, these, they thought it was funny. They were talk, making all these funny jokes about abortion and about their abortion. And, and uh, my goodness, and this law, getting back to the abortion portion of it, and I understand what you're saying about uh, the transgenderism aspect of it. There is nothing in this language about viability, heartbeat, uh, when life begins. So they have no concern whatsoever about whether that's a life in there. They just want to take a life for their own personal, so to speak, well-being, whether it's financial, emotional, or whatever. They're willing to pass their child through the, the flames of Moloch for for uh, financial or, or some other gain. Does that sound about right? Well, other than, they look, this is how they get away with trying to fool people and lie to people. The language of the amendment does say that after the child is viable, okay, the legislature can regulate abortions after that. That's what they claim. But then they take that away later on. They don't tell you that. All you have to do is read the amendment for yourself. 
because it has a gaping, gaping hole and exemption to that. It says that in no circumstances shall the state prohibit an abortion that in the professional judgment of the attending health care professional, and we'll come back to that, Mm -hmm. is medically indicated to protect the life or physical or mental health of the pregnant individual. Now, there's so much in that phrase. Pregnant individual, I'm sorry, it's a woman if you're pregnant. It's it's Mm -hmm. not a man. And it says mental health. So all you have to have is a healthcare professional, which understand that's another problem here. Doctors don't have to perform abortions under this amendment. You don't have to be a doctor to do an abortion. You just have to be a healthcare professional, whatever that means. And that's going to be whatever a court says it means. Nobody knows. But it's obviously not limited to doctors. And all they have to do is say, so if a woman comes in and says, you know, I'm having, I feel depressed. You know, I'm at eight, eight months, three weeks pregnant. And I don't think I have the financial wherewithal to have this child. Um, this is really causing me mental distress. They'll give her the abortion. You see the I mean, exemption and the huge gaping hole in this. So don't believe their lies when they tell you, oh, this says that the legislature can regulate. No, it doesn't, because they take it away later on. And it will allow any abortion as long as it's for the physical or mental health. And what, what in the world does that mean? Nobody knows, and it's going to be left up to courts, and I think we all can see what courts do with these sorts of things. Look what our Supreme Court just did a couple of months ago in the Roush World case. They took the word sex, which had always meant biological sex, male and female, and said, no, now it means sexual orientation and gender identity. And they, expand, and they made up a new definition. That's what the courts do, and that's what these people are counting on with this amendment is get it passed, and then we'll use the courts to get everything we want, and there will end up being no regulation of abortion. It'll just, it's pathetic what, what this is That's doing. Right. People need Do to read this language. Do you have a recommendation language. for state Supreme Court? I'm sorry, we were talking over each other. Do you have any recommendations for the state Supreme Court? Are you allowed to, allowed to do that? <laughs> well, I can't tell the Supreme Court what to do. They're the... That's why they're the no, Supreme no, no, no. Court. I mean, we have seven coming, judges here in Michigan, so they'll make their own calls. Do you have an endorsement? Oh, for endorsements for running, sure. Um, <laughs> now, again, this is me personally. Great Lakes Justice Center doesn't endorse anybody. We're a 501c3. But Justice Zara is uh, up for re-election, and he's a great justice. We need to keep him on the bench. Z-A-H-R-A, Justice Zara. And so people should definitely vote for him. And then the second position that's up is uh, Justice Bernstein is running again, and we need to do everything we can to defeat his reelection campaign. Uh, Mr. Hudson is uh, the uh, candidate running against him and is a strong uh, pro-life conservative uh, person. So I would vote for Hudson and Zara for Supreme Court for sure. Okay. So... Um, under this new law, now I'm not sure how it worked under Roe v. Wade when that was along, but would nurses be pressured or forced to participate in abortions? Jenny from Bouncetown yeah. is on the phone right now, and I, I really am glad to hear from Jenny, but she has a comment about a U of M nurse who was fired for not receiving the vaccine, for not taking the vaccine. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking along the lines also of, and let's bring Jenny on to, to ask her question, but would nurses 
have to participate in an abortion or do they get a religious exemption? No, because they create a new super right here. This constitutional right that would be created under this new amendment takes precedence over everything else. Free speech, freedom of religion, it doesn't matter. They all become second-class rights to this right to reproductive freedom and abortion. And so absolutely, if you're a doctor, you're a nurse, and you don't want to participate in an abortion, you can be forced to or be fired. If you're a hospital, you're a Catholic hospital, a, a religious hospital, you don't want to perform abortions, they'll make you perform them uh, under this amendment. This is going to be used, this will be a sword, a sword that'll be used against people. This is not something to protect somebody's rights. This is something to take away everybody else's rights, even if you object to what they're doing. Okay, let's take Jenny's call. Hi, Jenny. Hey, hey, Ed, and um, hi, David. It's been, it's really nice to say hello to you. I've heard you on a few different shows, and I really learn a lot from you. Just say thank you. So, so what was your comment? This is about, this, have you heard about this? Uh, an, a nurse, a, a physician assistant at U of M got fired because she would not go along with the inclusion garbage over there. Um, she would not she would not call people by pronouns. She would she said she would call them by their names and she would not be um, made to refer people to get a gender surgery. So the head of that stupid department that that you know inclusion and all that garbage uh, fired her. This reminds me of Fireman Tim, our friend who called in. I think we talked with him last week or the week before. Right. We tired of, talked to him about his case against Ann Arbor. So, uh, Dave, do you have any comments mm -hmm. on this? Yeah, I, I think the caller is absolutely right. Uh, that is what's going to happen, and now it'll get even worse. Um, and you'll have no protection. I mean, right now you can argue under the First Amendment your right to free speech, your right to free exercise of religion, that the hospital, the doctor, whoever is doing this, the government can't do this to you, well, that'll be gone because now there's this super constitutional right which will trump everything else and will not allow you to, um, you know, live your life the way you think it's correct under your beliefs and, and your system of moral uh, uh, character and, and what you believe to be correct. And you bring up a good point here on the, you know, calling people by their pronouns and all of that. Um, you know, this this has been coming up a lot recently. And I always tell people this, you know, it's, it's very simple. The truth matters. And as Jordan Peterson says, if I can be forced to lie, it warps my soul. I mean, I, can't, I couldn't put it any better. If the government can force me to lie, that warps my soul. And no government has the right to tell me that I have to lie. And when and chromosomes are not social constructs. So somebody may believe sincerely that they're a male, you know, they're biologically a male, but they sincerely believe they're a woman. Well, okay, you know, up until just recently, that was called gender dysphoria, and it was something that was treated by psychological prof uh, professionals and counselors and that sort of thing. Now it's affirmed as being something that's, you know, new and bold and wonderful. It's still a lie because I don't, you know, the science is clear. Who's the science denier here? They are, you know, 
XY chromosomes mean one thing. You know, they're not social constructs. They don't lie. And so to force me to lie, to accept somebody's pronouns or a different name or whatever is, is unacceptable. I thought there was a Supreme Court case recently where, and Jenny, was that it? Or do you want to stick around? Hello? Jenny is, oh, hi. So thanks for calling, Jenny, and we'll talk to you later. I appreciate you calling in. Yeah, Good to um, hear from you. Okay. So, Dave, was it, I thought there was a Supreme Court case of a, of a teacher recently who was vindicated for refusing to use the pronouns of one of his students, or am I misremembering something? No, that's a no, that's a Sixth Circuit case. It was a college professor. The Sixth Circuit in the federal court of a uh, system is covers Michigan. And he was fired from his teaching position for refusing to use pronouns, and he won his case. So right now, under the law, under free speech, you know, First Amendment issues, freedom of religion, you're still protected. If this amendment passes, that protection is going to be gone because this new right, super right to reproductive freedom, whatever that means, um, and I think you could start any kind of sexual relationship you can think of will now be protected because it will fall under the rubric of reproductive freedom. So think of some of the the horrors that that's going to bring and what argument are they going to use? What, what standard can they possibly use to say some sort of relationship is okay, but this one's not, they're not going to have any rationale, any sane reason to deny anybody anything that they want to do under this framework of reproductive freedom and their right to make an autonomous decision. This is a dangerous, dangerous uh, standard, and people need to understand that it cannot go into our Constitution, or uh, we're, we're going to be in a serious ask a world question of hurt here. We Michigan. only have a couple, min- couple minutes left, if only a minute and a half, but I want to, you refer to a super right, and I, I'm just, I, it sounds rhetorical to me, so how do you mm-hmm. get a super right that, trumps all of our constitu- federal constitutional rights. Well, it's be- yeah, I'm not being rhetorical. This, this, I'm not being pejorative. It's a super constitutional right. It's as if they are creating a new constitutional right, which is at the top of the heap. It's sacrosanct. Nothing can supersede this right of reproductive freedom. Nothing. The First Amendment, your right to uh, free speech, your right to free exercise of religion, nothing. Will, uh, they all have to fall to this new super right. And the way they do it is, and we explain this in our issue brief, we go into it in detail. I know we're running out of time here. Get the issue brief, go to our website, and we explain it in detail, what I'm talking about. But essentially what they do is there's a standard in the law that's called strict scrutiny, that when these kinds of constitutional issues come up, the government has to show they have what's called a compelling interest and that they're using the least restrictive means of enforcing that compelling interest. This amendment for this new right of reproductive freedom does away with that standard that's been used for 75 years or however long it's been that the Supreme Court put it in place. That will now be gone. And they now say if anything intrudes upon a person's autonomous decision-making or their right to exercise reproductive freedom, anything, it cannot be a compelling interest and it loses. Read the language, folks. I'm not making this up. It's right there. This is now a new super constitutional right that trumps everything else, and everything else has to fall, fall to this. It's ridiculous. That explains 
Yeah, it is. And that explains to me the mechanism. And I'm looking forward to reading that uh, that document. And where would our listeners find that document one more time? Yeah, greatlakesjc.org for Great Lakes Justice Center, greatlakesjc.org. And we also have a press release up there that you could download from the website that talks about the uh, case with Joanne Jacobson and what's going on there. So you can get information on that and a lot of other cases we're involved in. So, All right. Well, Dave, thanks for joining me today and thanks for staying over. It's been very, very informative and uh, as always. And uh, I'm going to say something here that I don't often get to say on air. Derek, I think I'm going to actually be done before the music is. We got 30 seconds. (laughs) Dave, thanks for calling, and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. God bless you and your work, and God bless Joanne. Folks, tune in next week. I think we're going to have a very special guest, if I'm correct, but I don't want to give it up. God bless you. God bless America, and America bless God.